Hello, and welcome to the High Street Community Church Podcast. We're so excited you're learning alongside us, and we pray this message leads you closer to the Lord and others. High Street Community Church is simply a family of friends following Jesus. God bless you as you listen. Welcome to our new series, Trusting Leadership. At the core of leaders and followers is trust. That's just the way. When Dave had you raise your hand, I think, you know, anybody had a a bad situation or bad experience with leadership or have trouble? And I think everybody raised their hand. I would raise my hand. In fact, early in the Bible, if you look at Adam and Eve in Genesis 3, the trust of God the Father is challenged by the serpent. Did God actually say, so are we trusting his word, you will not surely die. Yeah, God knows that you'll be like him, right? The core is, is God really a good and loving God? And so that was what was challenged, and Adam and Eve decided, no, he wasn't telling the truth. This was a better thing, and they chose to take the fruit and disobey God and died a spiritual death. Um, Our series um, of trusting leadership, I'm excited about it um, because our church has the opportunity to grow. In fact, I wanted to preach a bunch of messages that would help our church grow and our deacons specifically, and then also another team called the pastoral leadership team says, no, you've got to preach on leadership first. I'm like, oh, we know enough of that stuff. I'd rather get to this growth... And the, to a person, our leadership said, no, we need to get our house in order. We need to look at spiritual leadership. We need to grow in this. And one of the things I brought up at our last church life meeting was, hey, we have a deacon board that leads both in the spiritual ways, as do I, but also the practical manners of the church. And a couple years ago, I formed a group called the Pastor Leadership Team to help me be a better pastor and help carry some of the burden of the spiritual leadership of our church. And I was walking through kind of a slow process to help our church see that and walk through. And I won't go into all the details, but it's, it's come to fruition, certainly from our leadership and myself. Said, we need to have a group focused specifically on looking at um, our doctrine, our teaching, our spiritual care of our church, our vision, and then a, another group overseeing the affairs, managing the church. Some places they call that deacons and elders, or a leadership team and a tactical team. I'm not preaching so that we'll do that. We're already doing that. We're going to experiment with that this year, try it on for size. Um, But that's what's going on. But I want us to really look at the heart, the core of leadership. What is it? Why is it? And see what God says about that in the scripture. Some of this will be a complete reminder to you. You'll say, oh, I know all this stuff. But some of it might be new to you. Regardless, we need to be in this together. We need to follow the Lord together and examine this and say, God, what do you say about leadership? Ultimately, leadership is all of us following God. He's our leader, right? That's, that's the reality. But for some reason, he's also chosen to have some of us lead his people on his behalf and as he empowers them. And I know I want to be on track with that. I want us to be on track with that, and I know you do too. Um, so with that in mind, um, we're going to do about five or six weeks, depending on how things go, 
on this topic of leadership, and specifically church leadership, and more specifically, what does that look like at High Street Community Church? We'll get real practical. And my hope is, is and I'll go through our hopes in a little bit later, but um, is that we would take that in and we'd ask hard questions, and we'd be encouraged and we'd be excited, and we'd say, yes, this is God's best for us. Let's go this way. Let's do this. But I don't want us just to learn about church so that our church gets things right. It's also a hard issue for you personally, right? Isn't it? I can follow leaders as I'm trusting that they're following God. And ultimately, God just calls us to follow him, and he's, he's in control. So as I launch into this, I'd love to just pray a kind of a prayer like that and say, okay, God, and each of you in your hearts would submit to say, God, I want to follow you. These people, myself fully included, are not perfect. It's hard to follow imperfect people. We're following God, but he uses imperfect people. I'm not sure that was a good idea, God, (laughs) but it is his idea. Let's pray. God, um, you know this topic is close to my heart, and we saw by a show of hands, it's close to everyone's experience in this room. We've had good and bad experiences with leadership. Some of us feel like we've literally been eaten by an alligator, and we might be a little more timid. Some of us are just concerned and maybe scared to go forward, and others of us are so excited to walk in your ways. The relief and the comfort that comes under good leadership is so wonderful. So we ask for that. We ask you to teach us. You continue to guide us. You already have. You're such a good God to this church and to us. But honestly, just right now, as Joe prayed and talked about, as we've all sung about, we just want to pause and believe and live in a posture that says you are our leader. We choose to follow you. We bow bow down to you and you alone. Show us how to follow you as, as we lead and show us how to follow you as we live. In Christ's name, amen. So if you pull out your notes in your bulletin, today we're just going to um, ask some why questions. I know as a kid that was usually what came to mind first when I was told Why? So I, I thought as, as we go through this sermon, let's just dig right into you know, some why questions and wrestle with them. And on that note, you might have questions throughout this series that you know, maybe need to wait and they'll be answered, but send me an email, write me a note, come check in with me, say, hey, what about this issue? We may get to it, we may not, but I would love to get feedback. Some of you do that regularly. You just pop in or you shoot me an email or a question. And um, it always makes leading a lot easier when you know people are coming from, especially if there's a nagging question. So... I'll start out with some questions that I think are helpful for us, then I'm going to share some hopes for this series, for our church, and then we'll end in Hebrews 13, which gives us really good instructions regarding leading and following. So that's what we'll do this morning um, as we launch into this. So the first why question is, why now? So I've been here uh, seven years. And this is an issue that I saw even before coming here and was told to by a number of you. Hey, we we could do better in our leadership structure. Here's an area that we could use some better care in. Um, In fact, the pastor that was the interim pastor 
uh, Bruce Clatterbuck, he told me then, and he, I, I called him maybe six months ago, told him I was thinking about wrestling through this, and he says, oh, I would have done that at High Street when I was there. They needed to, to address this, but people were too upset. It wasn't the time. And when I came, it wasn't the time to do it. When I came, it was the time to help build unity and, and um, get healthier as a church after going through some conflict. And that's, that's just reality. Why now? You know why now? Because things are pretty good. You want to address issues, you want to address change, if you can, when things are going pretty well. I feel a pretty large measure, I know it's not perfect, but I feel quite a bit of trust from our church family. I feel like you trust me. It's a good time to challenge these things versus like things aren't going well or you don't trust me. I wouldn't want to lead people in an area where you don't trust your leader, your lead pastor. So why now? Because it's the time to do this. We're doing relatively well as a church. Um, and then also, as I, I mentioned, our, our leadership teams, when I said, oh, you know, I'm pretty interested in teaching about leadership, but I'd love for us to really explore church growth, and I've got this idea of preaching about plants, and I was so excited, and they're like, yeah, let's get our house in order. I'm like, oh, okay. So I trust this is what the Lord has for us right now, and I want to hear what the Lord has for us, don't you? And this is the right time for that. Um, and we've actually been doing this in terms of a specific leadership model. We've been doing a team of people overseeing and looking into the spiritual issues, helping me lead us as a pastor. And we've also had a deacon board where I've been working on training with them for the last two years, spiritual leadership training, once a month. We do this. It's been great. They've been very receptive, learned a ton. And we're, we're just wrestling with this topic of how do we lead our church tactically and how do we lead our church spiritually, strategically. This isn't new in terms of what our leadership's doing. And Bruce's um, admonishment and encouragement was to say, hey, put it in place for a year and see how you like it. So we're doing that this year. We're going to have these two teams leading this way, and that's what's going on. But we also don't just do it. We need to preach on it. I need to say, here's what God's Word says about this kind of leadership, because we can do better. Next question, probably one of the most popular questions a, a pastor asks, why me? <laughs> why me? Um, I'll, I'll roll out, I don't, I don't I'll usually feel comfortable doing this, but I'll roll out a bit of my resume. I earned a master's in general and pastoral leadership from Talbot Seminary. I earned a doctorate from Fuller Seminary on uh, leadership and leadership development specifically. Um, put a lot of time, almost seven years earning that degree because I love the topic. And I feel, in that sense, qualified to teach on that topic. My vocation, I've been in Christian ministry leadership for over 30 years. So I've learned a lot. Um, another thing I would say, why me, as I wrestle with this with God, is, is I have had the great fortune, some of it on my part really seeking after them, but I've worked under some of the healthiest, best Christian leaders out there. And I had great parents as Christian leaders too. So I've had these examples, and you learn not just from books and studying and teachers, but you learn from personal examples. In fact, I often picked teachers in seminary based on who they were and how they lived their lives and their reputation as much or more than the topic they were teaching on. I wanted to learn from those people. I've learned a lot from amazing people. And then the last feather in my cap I'd put on this is I've had two or three life-altering, awful experiences under Christian leadership. Ugh. Makes you want to get teary. And God has used that pain, if you let him, um, to make me a better leader. And I 
just in my heart, if I can see it, I will not burn people because I have power. Because it's a horrible thing to go through. So yeah, I have some good training. I've had some good examples, but I have some pain. And so I would say, trust me as I walk through this stuff. And many of our leaders have similar experiences that they lead out of. Why leadership? Why leadership? Do we have the definition of leadership up there? The definition of a Christian leader? Listen to this. This was given to me by my main doctoral professor, uh, J.R. Clinton, Bobby Clinton. Uh, A person, this is what a Christian leader is, a person with a God-given capacity and a God-given responsibility who is influencing people towards God's purposes for the group. Now, one of the things you love about schooling is that somebody did a lot of work to put something poetic so much in a little sentence. You know, you can attack this thing. You know, I've taught whole classes just on this phrase. You can just tear it apart. A Christian leader is a person with a God-given capacity so they can lead. God's enabled them to lead. God-given responsibility, they have to lead. You want to be a good steward of what God's made you, you need to lead so you have the responsibility for God who is influencing, the key word there, influencing. Are they influencing? Is that happening? That's what leadership is about, influence. What are they influencing them? They're influencing people towards God's purposes for the group. I love that definition because most of the responsibility is on God. God decides what to do. We're just supposed to, what I preached about last week, just listen to God. What does God want us to do? Listen to God. So our church is led by God. And our leaders are to listen to God. God, what do you want to do? And trust that he's called us and equipped us to lead. That's what, le- that's what leadership is about. That's what a leader does. Um, and throughout the Bible and history, God has just chosen to use people to further his purposes. Then about a couple months ago, as I was wrestling through this uh, sermon series. You know, I asked who I bring the series. I asked um, our pastor leadership team, hey, what do you think about this? What issues should I wrestle through? What do we talk through? And um, pros and cons, ups and downs. And I, I do some of that with the deacons as well. And this idea came up. Um, it's rooted in a, a book that I'll show you later on friendship. And friendship is a core issue in leadership. You think, what? I think it's a convenience, but it's not necessarily essential. It is, and, and you'll see it's essential. And, and Scripture shows us that. If you look at John 15, do we have that, John 15, 15? This is right before Jesus is crucified. He's talking to his disciples, and he says, No longer do I call you servants, for the servant doesn't know what the master's doing, but I've called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. So Jesus is training these disciples to be leaders. He's training them to do the job when he leaves. And he gives them the highest calling. He calls them friends. He doesn't say administrator. He doesn't say, you know, lead director of this. He says, I call you friends. And I was talking about this message this week with Joe. We get together once a week and we pray and we we talk about what's going on, and so we're in sync as we lead uh, the church up front on Sunday mornings. And he says, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. I came across this quote from Oswald Chambers. You like Oswald Chambers a lot. <laughs> and it was, I think it was that day, January 7th. 
And he read it to me, and I said, this is what Jesus is talking about when it comes to friendship. So let me read this quote out of Oswald Chambers. It says, friendship is rare on earth. It means identity in thought and heart and a spirit. The whole discipline of life is to enable us to enter into this closest relationship with Jesus Christ. We receive his blessings and know his word, but do we know him? Hello? Jesus is calling. (laughs) Friendship with Jesus, listen to this little phrase, it means identity in thought and heart and spirit. So when Jesus first called, in fact, I was talking about this with um, the guys that do Bible study on Tuesday night, I think they're moving to Wednesday, Norm's group, and they said, we've been in Matthew, and we see this process of first Jesus called them as followers, then he sent them out as apostles, sent out ones, and then he calls them friends. So there's this progression that the disciples went through is this, as they became closer to Jesus. He didn't call them friends right away. He waited until they spent a lot of time with him, and then they had the same you know, purpose. That he, they knew Jesus' heart. Here's what you're about. And Jesus says, you're friends because you're on the same page as me, right? That's what a close friend is. And so as we look at this um, subject of leadership, and even specifically church leadership, I'm going to invite us to do this looking through the lens of friendship. It all makes sense. What's the most important thing that you want from a leader? You want them to be connected to God. So you've got to be friends with God. You ought not have anybody influencing a group of Christians towards God's purposes if they're not friends with God, if they're not on the same page as best as possible. No one's perfect, right? But that's the, that's the call of the leaders, to be friends with God. And then the next week, we're going to look at a, 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 um, passages and examples of leaders that are friends with other leaders. You don't do friendship, you don't do leadership alone. In fact, that's one of the areas when I came as a pastor, I said, as a lead pastor, I'm sort of called the elder of the church. We need the plurality of elders. We need, a, we need not just me making all these big decisions on where we're going. I can be the point person, but I shouldn't be the only person. And the deacons have always helped with that since I've been here. No complaints there. It's been good, but we need, I need, we need other leaders walking alongside, not just a solo. Okay, so we're going to look at what does it mean to do leadership together? It's messier, it's harder, but it's way better. You don't want just me leading, do you? Can I get an amen? (laughs) And then we're going to look about how are leaders friends with the church? You want relationship with the church. One of the things that that I learned in my doctorate, and, and some of these things are so basic, you're like, I'd be sitting in class like, you're telling us that? This is a doctoral level. He says, yes, we are. Because if we don't learn the simple, basic things, we can't be excited about the interesting, intricate, really unique things. And, and so the professors talked about authority. They said the lowest form of authority is positional leadership. I'm the boss, you're the employee, do what I said. It's a form of authority, but it's the lowest form. We don't want to operate out of low forms of leadership. A much higher form of leadership is relational leadership. I'm in charge but I have a good relationship with you, and so when I invite you or ask you to do something, you do it because you know I care for you. Relational leadership, right? And then he said an even higher form of leadership is spiritual leadership. 
you want all of them. You want positional leadership, you want relational leadership, but the highest form of leadership is spiritual leadership. I trust that God has told you this, and you're telling me this. I'll follow what you say because I believe it's from God. That's the highest form. You want spiritual leaders. You want relational leaders. And there is a time and a place for positional leaders. They ought to all work together. That's what we're talking about when it comes to leadership. And then the last one that we're looking at is how are leaders friends with the community? We have to love those around, around us and, and have relationship with them. It's a natural progression for a leader to develop from a follower of God into a friend of God. And so as we look at leadership and all those scriptures that we'll come across and examples, that's what we'll do. Two hopes for trusting leadership. Two hopes for trusting leadership. So as we, as we uh, walk through this series, I want us to remember or know these two things. Number one, and we'll see this in Matthew 16, 18, is we want to thrive forward as a church. We all want our church to do well, to grow, to be alive. There's so many good things about our church. But don't you want to thrive forward? That, that's, what, that's God's, Jesus says, I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. Not half full, fully full. That's his desire for us, and we want that. So how do we do that? Well, listen to these pronouns in this. When Jesus is talking, he's saying, Peter, I'm going I'm to have you lead. And he says, Jesus says this, and I tell you, you're Peter. On this rock, listen to the pronoun, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Who's to build the church? The lead pastor? No. Whose church is it? The lead pastors? No. When you say, you don't even get to say, I go to my church. It's fine. We all get what you're saying there. But it's not your church. It's his church. And he's building his church. We get to be a part of his church. Pronouns are important. I, it's fine to say my church. I'm not, I'm not trying to get technical on that. But if that gets into your heart where you get to be possessive and I don't want my church changing, I don't want my church doing this, or, or as a pastor you hear me saying, I, you know, we need to do this, and this is, you know, like if it was mine, it's not my church. I have a role in Jesus' church, and we need to all be in agreement on that. That's the deal, right? So if I make that mistake, correct me, please. It's his church, and he's going to build his church. So if we want to thrive forward, it's not let's be smart and do all these unique, no, if we want to thrive forward, we follow as Jesus leads us. And a leader role, whether it's a team or a a role like lead pastor, is to listen and say, God's saying do this. Like, God's saying, preach a series on leadership because I want to grow you in your leadership. Okay, let's do it. So that's my first hope, is that we would thrive forward as a church as we follow Jesus. Second hope is equip our church. And that basic passage is, is in uh, Ephesians 4.12. I think I have it here. It's one we should always look at when we're in seminary. This is my job, is to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to, mature, to maturity to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So my job, and I've gone over this before with you, is to equip the saints. The word equip, when you tear it apart, the Greek word, it's the same thing as taking a giant fishing net and fixing the holes. 
right? So my job as a pastor is to equip you to be all that God's made you to be. A fishing net will not work if it's got holes in it, right? Maybe you catch a giant fish, but the medium ones will get away, right? The point of a fishing net is to catch the fish. So if there's needs some mending, if there's some equipping, if it needs to be either repaired or just designed to do what it's made to do, that's what I do as a pastor, is to equip our bodies. So some of you should be in specific leadership roles. And so you need to be trained to do that. We do that equipping already. We'll keep doing more of it. And it's also a big picture. Is our church equipped? Is it set up to be successful? And that's why we're looking at these things. What can we adjust to make our leadership model more effective so we can be uh, equipped to be the church that Jesus is growing and building, right? So that's the hope, is that we would equip ourselves in, in regards to understanding and obeying the leadership um, model that, that God's put before us in Scripture. So my hopes are that we would thrive forward as a church and that we would be equipped as a church. A little sidebar. As I've been working on this um, message, I thought, well, I've been thinking about our church. This is good for us to hear. So that's the, the main thing I'm trying to do. But, you know, another group of people came to mind. And I thought, you know, there's people, because I run into them, that, uh, for lack of a better way to say it, they hate church. They've been burned by church. They've got bad experiences with church. I want those people here. Not necessarily just to hear my opinions, but I want them to hear what God says about the church and what God says about leadership. Because I mentioned with difficulty that I've been hurt by Christian leaders. And a number of you raised your hands that you've, okay? But you know what? I, I came to a conclusion once. I believe the Lord was gracious to put this on my heart maybe 15 years ago as I was grieving a really bad experience. Those people didn't hurt me in, on purpose. They weren't thinking, how can we really hurt Danny and his family? They didn't think that. I, I, I really doubt they did. But they did do that. They did hurt me and my family deeply. But they didn't do it on purpose, or they didn't do it specifically aimed at me. They did it because they were immature. They weren't grown up. They didn't know all of this stuff, right? Um, they did it maybe because they had bad examples, and they followed those bad examples instead of learning from those bad examples. Or they just gave into some kind of you know, selfish temptation and thought of themselves first instead of the big picture, which we all do to some degree at some times. And I can't fix those things. I can't even necessarily apologize for those people. But they, they don't need to not be in church. You know what I mean? I, we've all, all of us here are still here. Even though we maybe have reasons to not be here or not be at church at all. But somewhere along the lane, you probably forgave somebody or went to God and said, God, you know what? You fix this. I still want to keep worshiping you with other believers. So maybe you know people that have been hurt and burned by church. I would love to talk with them and help them. I have a heart for that. And the last church I was at at Rock Harbor, so many people would go to that church from other churches, even just for a season. They'd come in like, I just want to go to this church and kind of get restored and get my head back on because I've come through this tough season. Maybe you know people that need to be here, even just for a little while, to hear some healing stuff about Christian leadership. Maybe. And they'd say, oh, okay, now I understand what happened or why, how we went off track. And ultimately, they get to see this is how God wants the church to be, knowing that we won't get there perfectly. But that might give someone peace, and it might give them, this is what I need to do, forgiveness towards somebody. 
I can, I can release them even though they hurt me. That's what forgiveness is. So think about that. Maybe God's put someone on your heart even right now to say, I should invite so-and-so because this would be healthy to get some restoration or some of their questions answered with a bad experience. So as we close, one of the passages that one of my professors would take us to a lot was in the book of Hebrews. And it's in your notes. Things for you to do. I should have put us to do. (laughs) Things for us to do from Hebrews 13. And I want us to just look at these scriptures. It's very helpful when it comes to leadership. The first one's in verse 7 of chapter 13. If, If you have your pew Bibles, pull those out. I'd love for us to just... It's good for you to see these passages. Yeah, they'll be on the board too. But Hebrews 13, verse 7. And there's three key verbs in there that I want us to pay attention to. Page uh, 1,286 in your pew Bibles. It says, Remember your leaders, those who spoke the word to you, the word of God, Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. And then the object of their faith is the next verse. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Remember, consider, imitate. So as you're you're sitting there and you're taking this in, I want you to take this into the week with you this coming week or as we do this series. Remember, that's the first verb. Remember your leaders. That's why we go through Scripture in this, because we get to look back at all these leaders that God used, and what it, and some of them did terrible, and some of them did awesome, but there's leadership principles loaded in the Bible for us to learn and extract, understand how God taught them and what could be applicable today. So we want to remember those leaders. You also remember the leaders throughout your life that aren't in the Bible. Scripture is telling us, pause and remember them. As we pause and remember and look at Scripture, we're also going to do not just remember, but consider. You analyze. You think, what was good? What was glorifying of God? What wasn't? Not just remember back of stories, but break down those stories. Learn from them. We're going to do that. And then the last word, imitate. The Greek word there is about mimicking. Like a, a, a mockingbird copies songs of other birds. So we're supposed to copy the faith of those leaders that went before us. We, we say, how did they put their faith in Jesus Christ? Remember, break it down, consider, and then copy it. Mimic it. Live like that. That's the first bit of advice from Hebrews 13. And then the second piece, uh, down, scroll down to verse uh, 17. Scroll down. I know some of you are on your phones. Good for you. Modern era. Obey your leaders and submit to them. So your lead pastor's up here at the pulpit telling you to obey. You like that? feels awkward. But listen, obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. This is some good advice, not just advice, this is good teaching. Here's here's what the scripture's saying. I'm going to say it in, in my own paraphrase. Make my job easy by following me as I follow the Lord. Is that okay? It sounds bold for me to say it, but God's called me to do this. I'm watching over your souls, not for what I can get out of it, because this is what God's called me to do. Your leaders are watching over your souls. Follow them. Make their life easy. Please make my life easy. (laughs) 
probably the thing I have the most when I get up here and I'm preaching, I'm like, please trust God, please trust God. That's what I'm doing every week. If you trust God, my life gets easy. It's okay if you wrestle. We all wrestle. But that's what, I, that's what this passage is saying. Hey, obey your leaders. Follow them. Submit means get in line. Right? That's why we picked that image on your bulletin of, of, of a leader walking downhill because leadership is downhill. Leaders serve in the Christian faith. We're not leading so we get more glory. We're leading as servants. It's a downhill walk, and a bunch of people are falling. Let's have a good walk by obeying. So as I teach this, say, God, is this you? And then follow as God leads. That's what the passage is saying there. Obey your leaders, because it's, it's not to your advantage to, to not follow. It makes everybody miserable. Then the last piece, and I'll, I'll lead us in prayer, but it says, pray for your leaders. Did you know a bunch of people in our church pray for our leadership? Did you know that? You know, every Tuesday morning, they bust into my office, cut in front of whatever I'm working on, and start praying for me. The nerve. And then they like doing that so much, they organize it, and I said, hey, I would love for you to pray for a bunch of our other leaders, our staff, our teams, and they're praying for leaders throughout our church. And they're praying for each other while they're praying for the leaders. They got this whole system mapped out. I, I came across this last point. I'm like, I don't know if I need to tell our church to pray for our leaders. They're already doing it. Can we get a little applause for that, people? Not all churches do that. I'm grateful. I don't know what our church would be. I don't know what I'd be like if people weren't praying for me. I'll leave it at that. Let's pray. God, um, it's scary to get up here and talk on your behalf. But it's not scary to share the good things that you have for us. That's how I can get up there because I know you love me and I know you love this church. And you've equipped us with your word, with so many good examples. This church has a great history too of so many good leaders. May we remember them and learn from them. Consider the outcome of their lives and copy their faith. Have your way with us as we um, seek to become even better as a church, even more in line with your ways. Thank you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the High Street Community Church weekly message. We hope you were encouraged to follow Jesus. For more, please subscribe to our podcast or visit us online at hscchurch.org.